yeah. the end of the day, Lore has no true friends. Her mm. best friend is constantly trying to sabotage her. Mm. Yeah. So it really seemed like she was looking for people who would be on her side. Welcome back to another episode of Sterling Municipal Library's podcast, All Booked, where we talk to you about books we'd like to recommend. And I'm here today to introduce our two guests. <laughs> I'm sorry, I cut Leslie off. She was about to speak. I could see her working up to it. And I was like, no, we're interviewing Leslie and Donald today hey. about the book they read, I Feed Her to the Beast and the Beast is Me. Let's talk about it, guys. So I know this was probably your favorite read from this past year. Yes. Do you want to kick it off? For sure, for sure. Um, so I Feed Her to the Beast and the Beast is Me. Um is by Jameson Shea. The first thing, like the reason why I picked it up was because of that cover, man. That it's a cover, cover is gorgeous. And it's in your color palette. And yes. it's in color palette. Deep red tones, <laughs> like a lot of eye contact yes. on the cover with the, I assume, protagonist. Yes. I, I, that's how I pictured her. Okay. Yeah. Like the, throughout the entire novel, I was just kind of picturing the. Okay, preface. The book is about Lore. Lore is a prima ballerina. She is African-American in this very not that like company of ballerinas. Um, and so she is like constantly fighting for like her position there, her status there. Mm -hmm. And so one of her main traits as a protagonist is her ambition. And it's kind of one of the reasons why I stuck with it for so long. Like the cover made me pick it up. But then as you read the story and you get caught up in her head and her drive, it's very much just like, oh, I really want this girl to not only succeed, but like to really dominate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I really want her to like, just like be the best. And so on the cover, you see her, uh, you see her face and she's like floating in this pool of blood. Mm -hmm. This pool of blood is this other world, the entity that gives her, it's, I don't want to say gives her the talent because she has the talent, but it gives her this sort of like allure. Yeah, mm -hmm. so that people can stop ignoring her and they can mm -hmm. really like see, see her potential, see the things that she can do. Um, and it kind of like, it even, go so far as per, like persuasion when she's having conversations with certain characters she can kind of like bend them to her will a little bit just to kind of like you know I, I, I saw it as like giving her control in situations where she felt very powerless. But how does she get this power, Donald? Was she born with it? <laughs> so no, uh, <laughs> she is floating in this pool of blood because she has to make a deal with... Acheron. So, Acheron, yes. thank you. Um, and it's a Faustian bargain, obviously. She's giving a portion of herself, so some of her blood, as well as a certain amount of control and autonomy. Yes. And you get to ask whatever you want of the river, but in her case, she asks for power. Yes, 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 yes. And, uh, and our story goes from there. Uh, so she is in the ballet, uh, in the ballet company. Uh, the Who's the guy who, like, supervises? Uh, I guess. Oh, I can't remember his name. Right? He had, like, a specific title, but I don't mm -hmm. remember what it was. Like the, the, the company manager or something like that? I guess so, yeah. yeah. Right? So, like, she, uh, she, she finally, like, gets him to stop ignoring her. And, I mean, like, it's very funny because he's, this he's the stern type where he'll never give you a compliment. But if he doesn't offend you, did good. Yeah, like he's not insulting you, so you've won. So you've won. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> At one point, one of the other uh, company managers uh, is like sitting in like one of the back rows, um, or I guess the front row, because she, she could see like her like smile quirk up a little bit just on the side, and she was like, "Oh my god!" And I was Go at ahead. that <laughs> as a ballerina, I was like, "I'm sorry." <laughs> 
Excuse me. Yeah. I'm just ballerina, which technically In her head, for a ballet person, like head person, to like give you that little quirk of smile. Uh, in my mind, I was thinking like, if I were her, I'd be like, "This is the night I eat ice cream. <laughs> I'm gonna have the carbs tonight." <laughs> Famously, Faustian bargains have downsides. Yeah. Does this book talk about those downsides? Do we get some of the So we see her lose control over herself. uh, And you don't know how much of it is her more primal instincts taking the driver's seat or it's Acheron itself, like driving Mm -hmm. her to make these decisions where she hurts people Mm -hmm. uh, to the point of almost killing several people. But... um, you also see the side of her, like after she makes this bargain, she is unsure how much of it is her talents that are helping her progress in her career mm-hmm. and how much of it is this supernatural ability now that she has. Does that give her some some pause like as she's getting further in and, and getting accolades, not knowing if it's her? She very much so like she wavers. She mm-hmm. wavers. She's uh, She gets to a point where she's just like, is this really worth it? Do I really want to continue on this path? Do I really want to like um, it's kind of like the more you give, the more you get. Right. So like the first initial bargain is like a, like a weekend, like a three day thing. Um, and a little sampler <laughs> a little taste. for her to get through like a, an audition of really important audition. Yes. Yes. yes, yes she yes. can get a part. I'm assuming. Yes. Um, she gets to the audition and she's like, this is great. I love this. And she was actually very powerful in that moment. Um, but then as it goes on. It like you said, the the lines between her and the river begin to blur, mm-hmm. and that scares her a lot, just because she doesn't really know like what that means, where that's yeah. gonna go. Um, but then that like pivots later on. I think, I think okay. So the antagonist is Coralie. Uh, it's her best friend, but also like like ballerina legacy, sort mm-hmm. of uh, like her mom was a prima ballerina, and like she is expected to follow in those footsteps. But and they're also roommates. And they're also roommates. <laughs> Are they roommates? <laughs> They're yes, in this case, they're <laughs> <laughs> Although the main character has an ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So. so Cora Lee is, you find out, is going to be, uh, she becomes the antagonist just because they begin to kind of... Drift apart, I'm assuming. They drift apart, but also they get pitted against each other, right? Yeah. So as Lore moves up in like the ranks, and she's taking positions in spots that were expected for Coralie. Yeah. Um, and they kind of butt heads on that. And like, as that tension builds, uh, that's when, like as that tension builds and the competition builds, that's when the blinds between her, Lore and Akron begin to blur. Because mm-hmm. as she begins to fight harder, she she needs more, you know? She yeah. needs more power, she needs more, um, um, I guess more power, more, more influence, that kind of thing. Yeah. One thing I loved about this book was how much Lore like repainted what she was doing so that it seemed like she was making a right decision. Like she kept to herself, she kept saying, I'm doing this for myself and for Coralie because once I ascend far enough in the ranks, then I can make sure that she follows me. Mm -hmm. So, and there are a whole bunch of tensions between the two of them because, you know, of course she can't tell Coralie what's going on and that she has supernatural abilities and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Coralie is getting very hurt that she's being left behind. Yeah. But also expecting Lore to kind of handicap her own career. Exactly. Which so is, there's some real messed that was up what friendship I was dynamics. Thinking, yeah. I was just like, you don't have to bring Coralie with you. You can just be good. <laughs> and Coralie 
can just also be good <laughs> on her own. Yeah. It is so cutthroat at their oh, yeah. school, though. Like, they're legit hiding razor blades and shoes and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Like, the negging and, like, the hazing that she was, like, getting put through was ridiculous. Especially because they would, like, put razor blades in her, like, ballet points. And then, like, kiki and, like, laugh with her, like, off to the side. And I'm just mm-hmm. like... You're not her friend. It, so like there were so at, at to it got to a point where the lines between Laura and Acheron began to blur and she started to get a little more evil. But I didn't care because I was like, you're cut them down. <laughs> you're just matching the energy that they're bringing already. Exactly. Exactly. Did it ever feel like towards the end when she, as you said, like you're not sure if it's like her more primal side or if it's actually like Acheron. Does it ever feel like she's just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like. I'm just going to do it like absolutely because it feels like it feels like it could be not a not like a metaphor, but it could be like a symbolic of like just getting fed up and mm-hmm. being like <laughs> fed up or fed too. Yeah, me with like just how unfair, like how mm-hmm. much harder she has to work and the fact that she had to literally sell her soul for people to pay attention to her because I'm guessing like from the way you're saying it, like she has talent. She is equal in talent to all the other good. people. She's just being ignored and she has to literally sell her soul and be demonized. <laughs> literally. <laughs> what was the feedback that she got in that last like evaluation? It was something absurd. Like that she was too tense. Was that Oh, it? like, yeah. So like, um, I, I think exact. I think it was exactly that. She was too tense. The the company manager guy was just like, "Great job, too stiff or too yes, yeah, too something stiff or too tense." Um, but that's because she did it perfectly. She was literally perfect, but she was too tense. <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah, like the fact that she has to be literally demonized to achieve her yeah. goal, like to get success and yeah. and all of that. How does it end? happily or middlingly or badly so let's be real this is a villain villain origin story yes okay. it's yes. one where i felt like she was written well enough that you mm-hmm. just kind of root for her mm-hmm. like you're like she should win yeah why is she the villain some people she... have to make t- deals with demons yeah and there is a point where she very clearly has an option about whether or not she wants to continue down this path or not mm-hmm. and I'll leave it up to the readers to pick up the book and decide whether or not they want to find out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is this is our one in our YA section. Um, it is set in Paris. So there's a. Do you see any of the city while you're in this book, or is it? I, I assume she's kind of stuck, probably in the. I read it because I knew they were going to the catacombs. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yes, we yeah. see a lot of the catacombs. Um, mm-hmm. We see a lot of the ballet uh, school. We see a lot yeah. of, of the uh, performance hall. Not too much the actual That's like, what I was wondering because they have such a, like, a, a difficult schedule to keep mm-hmm. that I was like, you probably, even if you were an actual ballet student, probably wouldn't see much of the city. Yeah. Um, at one point, um, as toward the be- really toward the beginning, there is another girl. She is kind of like the lore before lore, right? Mm-hmm. She, it, we don't know this at first, but eventually we find out that she also made a deal and that's why she moved up so quickly. Yeah. Um, but lore was like looking up to her and they became like very like quick friends um, at the beginning and they go to this restaurant, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so we get to see a little bit more of like Paris uh, or Paris as it pertains to Josephine uh, yeah. in, that, in that space. And that was really cool because okay. she's like, like the belle of the ball. She walks in and people are like, oh my God, hi, I'm so glad you're here. Here, have this seat. <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> here was one area that i did kind of want to discuss with you though mm-hmm. i felt like 
the author didn't spend enough time developing Josephine and Lore's relationship. Yes. And I don't know how much of that was just because she wanted to stick to YA pacing, which is quick, mm -hmm. or how much of it was she wanted to demonstrate how replaceable all of these ballerinas were, because Ooh. you really got that sense as well. But it felt like they had basically one night where they bonded, became BFFs, and Laura was like, sure, I'll jump in this river of blood. <laughs> and then, like, bad things happened to Josephine. <laughs> mm -hmm. I also, like, I never thought about that before, but, like, when you said it just now, um, how replaceable they are, that's very much what it felt like. Because um, girls were, like, breaking ankles. They were mm -hmm. bleeding in their points, and, but they would, like, they can't show weakness. Any sign of weakness means you're getting kicked out, or at least you get left behind. And, like, that's not something that they want in this environment, or that's not something they can handle in this environment. Um, so when you mentioned that just now, it's just like, I guess that works too. And that like the river of blood, that yeah. whole thing just emphasizes the, like, the competitive nature that they're in, competitive world. It also, I feel like ballet has a history of discrimination specifically because they want everyone to look the same. Like yes. that is, that is, a, that is a, a, a part of the art that is used to like exclude people who are, too short, too tall, too fat, too different color. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> like anything. Like Laura mentioned several times, like all the effort she has to go to to make her hair like it yeah. fit the aesthetic standard. Yeah. So, yes. yeah, the idea of it being cutthroat and like these people being honestly top athletes, like amazing athletes, and still being considered like replaceable, or it being okay, like in their like culturally in their group to hurt each other mm -hmm. is insane. Like the fact that these are some of the most talented people in the world probably. And they're just like, yeah, it's cool. You know, competition. What can we say? <laughs> just out here literally cutting other girls. Literally cutting people. <laughs> but um, how do you feel as far? So you said it has that like fast pacing that is very traditional in YA. Um, how did it feel like? tone wise obviously very dark but um what kind of like genre if you were going to put it in something is it straight horror is it more of like a thriller-esque mystery on it's honestly kind of like it's very fantasy i would say contemporary fantasy with like mystery elements okay. because like she said something terrible happens to josephine and laura yeah. spends a lot of time wondering if what happened to her is connected to like the price that they have to pay for the okay. power that they've been given. So that we spend a bit of time um, trying to figure out, you know, the secrets of Acheron, like uh, where does he come from? Or I say he, um, where does it come from? Um, how do they get the powers that they do? Like what are what are the stipulate? What is the the yeah. fine print of this bargain basically? Mm -hmm. I really liked some of the other people who made bargains. Like, I liked getting to know those characters. Oh, you got to meet more yes. of the bargain so makers. One of the other individuals, his name was Ander. And he wanted to look beautiful, mm -hmm. which he did in kind of two ways. Like, yes, he was beautiful to look at, but his true form was monstrous. It looked like this stag with two pairs of eyes. And like, it was really strange, like otherworldly, mm -hmm. um, but kind of beautiful in its own terrifying way. Yeah. I liked that twist on it. I pictured it like as I was picturing him. Imagine something Guillermo del Toro would make in the Cabinet of Curiosities uh, series. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, I pictured him, like, seven feet tall, uh, like, antler, anthropomorph anthropomorphic antler, uh, antler. Uh, anthropomorphic deer with antlers. Try that again. <laughs> anthropomorphic deer. Thank you. Mm -hmm. With, like, 
branch-like antlers, yeah. four eyes, uh, and I pictured like that's this... what happens when you tell a river of blood you want to be beautiful. What do you <laughs> yep. think that river of blood thinks is pretty? <laughs> Probably not human. <laughs> He's like, you know what I think is beautiful? A seven-foot-tall deer man. <laughs> Truly gorgeous. <laughs> gorgeous. Uh, so that was really cool. There was also. Um, do you remember the other guy's name? Zero. Was Zero. The, but yes. I have, did we ever find out what his powers or bargain were? I think everyone kind of got like a form of persuasion, right? Or no, he got luck. Uh, like oh. nothing, uh, nothing bad happens, or like he always wins, or something like that. Yeah, and he's like a finance guy, uh, so like he was like making deals left and right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was very clean cut. I pictured them all as like colors in my brain. Lore was just very red. She had a very red aesthetic, right? So like I pictured her in like red clothes and things of that nature, even though she probably wasn't wearing any of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ciro, I pictured dressed all in white. Uh, Ander, just like shadows and like like black clothing and things like that. There was another girl, uh, Katora. Katora, yes, and I pictured her as purple, but I don't. I really don't remember what she got for her deal. I just, I just <laughs> I pictured her as purple. Either. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds really interesting. I like that you get to meet all of these other people who made the same bargain, because um, you kind of get the idea of like what what people are willing to bargain for, and yeah. whether or not it's worth it, and maybe. At least in the case of Anders, who has antlers now, um, Anders with antlers, <laughs> you get to see that maybe your perspective is not the only perspective. I also liked that Ander wasn't patently evil. Like, he wasn't necessarily using his powers for ill. He just, he wanted to be beautiful and to appreciate beautiful things in the world. So he mm-hmm. had very much the artist's personality. Okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that makes sense. I, I thought it was really interesting, kind of like... Like you said, the things people are willing to give away for power, influence, just being noticed. Um, there is a so later in the book, you discover that there is a twin, a counterpart to the uh, to the Red River. There's a White River that's like off in the distance somewhere. Lethe. Lethe, thank you. Mm-hmm. Lethe uh, asks for Is that a different river of sleep or something. Oblivion. Oblivion. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. I they're Greek rivers. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, which that was one point of confusion for me was why there are two Greek rivers in Paris. But <laughs> maybe they're maybe it's a metaphysical thing. They're everywhere. Oh, because like they're how- like fourth yeah. dimensional. Zacharon <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, is death, right? Or yes. yeah, mm. the river of death. River of Woe. Yeah. It's the one that you cross to go into Hades. Hades. I'm learning so much. Here's the thing. If I had actually read mythology in high school, (laughs) I would be here with you. You weren't a giant nerd like me who had a big book of Greek myths that she would read every so often. (laughs) No, I was watching anime. They were full of drama, Donald. You need to go back there. Everyone was... Cheating, cheating on, on everyone, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and having babies with everyone and having babies with everyone and everything <laughs> um but yes uh sidetrack but yeah so there's a different river yes so theoretically there could be like there, there could, could be, be another one there could be more i like the symbolism like of like the people twin with rivers. different stuff yeah and they they, they request different things from you right so acheron uh you have to make uh what do they call them you the sacrifices in blood, right? So you give yeah. Acheron some of your blood. Um, and it was a very big thing about, like, Lore's whole thing was because, like, most people just, like, prick a finger, like, you know, cut their hand, give a little bit of blood. She jumped in. Uh, she, like, she like cut her hands and, like, dove in there. And so Acheron was just like, oh, yeah. Delicious. <laughs> but Lethe demands bones, uh, which is so much more dramatic and so much more like... So ho- horrifying. So much more horrifying. Can't get a bone out of your body very easily. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so... Other people's bones? 
I think it has to come from the Your person because it has to be a sacrifice. That checks out. Yeah, and the people it should who... be really easy to find people who made deals. Then yeah, who needs <laughs> teeth? <they're> like, <laughs> <laughs> they walk around with no bone. <laughs> no bones, day. Um, um, uh, most of your bones are like a huge percentage are in your hands. In your hands, so just like one hand. Yeah, buckets of bones. The people who kind of worship or sacrifice and like bones to Lethe, I saw them as almost like more unstable but that just because that could be just like a like a personality like quirk maybe there was something like missing from in them already you know in their like spiritually spiritually speaking um just because they just seemed so much more unstable did it feel like people who made the river the deal with akron did it feel like they were going on the same or similar path as lore like were they getting not more like it's i don't know how to describe it but like it seems like she was getting more inhuman kind of or like losing her humanity yeah i didn't see any of the other people really losing themselves quite as much as lore did she put a little too much (laughs) i would say the only comparison would probably be ander because he had the most physical change compared to everyone else that we meet he actually became a different thing yeah but that may just be like wording in like the fine print right he wanted beauty and like you said a river's beauty is different from like a person's beauty. <laughs> yeah. To me, what I thought with this group of people who all kind of made bargains with Acheron, it reminded me of like a cult forming mm-hmm. and how easy yes. that is for people within that cult to recruit other lonely people. Because at yeah. the end of the day, Lore has no true friends. Her mm-hmm. best friend is constantly trying to sabotage her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it really seemed like she was looking for people who would be on her side mm-hmm. and... Suddenly, thanks to this deal, they have a bond together. <laughs> yeah. They do become like you like you see the bond and they become like this like Scooby gang of friends. And at some point, like, you know, there's an antagonist. The antagonist comes after the friend group. And even though they're all kind of I don't want to say maybe not like the best of people, but like you, you see them they're band mistakes. together. Yeah. They band together to kind of like they like they close ranks when there's conflict, that kind of yeah. thing. And that was really just fun to see especially to see like i was such i'm such a big fan of lore Mm -hmm. just to see anyone on her side was just like and like and sincerely be on her side was very nice yeah okay so you said it was one of your top books for 2023 Mm -hmm. how about you i ranked it probably more along the middle Middle? but it it was still a good read and it reminded me of one of the reasons why i used to love reading ya i feel like authors will take more risks Mm -hmm. in ya fiction than they will when they're writing for adults so i think reading somebody reading a story about somebody who makes a lot of bad choices and the author like stuck with it rather than trying to be like here well now our redemption arc is kicking in and stuff um it was refreshing yeah especially because you had reasons to still root for her even though she was making some pretty problematic choices (laughs) so like doing a good job of writing a villain versus just being like they're bad and that's all like being able to to at the end be like i still get it (laughs) (laughs) i still understand your choices i wouldn't make them but i understand them absolutely okay well that was great guys Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Well, and thank you for recommending it to me, Donald. Oh yeah. yes, I figured you would like it. I saw. So, a big thing about the book is Laura's ambition. I have. I remember reading it. And I just could not stop saying that enough. Her ambition. Mm. Her ambition. Her ambition. It's intoxicating, and <laughs> it was just <laughs> being in that headspace. I was. I like. It was just very fun to see like the world that was created. Mm-hmm. Uh, the scenarios that were like. I, I assumed you would like it. Yes, and I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't remember the sign-off um, because I always am in a fugue state at the end of the podcast. So I will end us with uh, stay tuned next week for more fantastic book recommendations. Bye. <laughs>